It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I am excited because the top 100 players in the NFL have been named. Well, no surprise. We knew Justin Jefferson was top five. He's number two. Patrick Mahomes is number one. But one thing people didn't account to, because these numbers have come out, and nobody I don't feel like is talking about this. Kirk Cousins, he's top six. Top six in the NFL. We'll talk about why and why the players are voting for him. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just go to fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more and get started. You can also go to the FanDuel app after that. Make sure you download that app because that's where you'll find all the parlays, all the fun things. Uh, again, NFL season upon us. There's some great bets out there. Make sure you look at that Vikings over-under. I'm going to tell you, it's a lock, I feel like, right now for the over, and we're going to get into why. There's a reason why this is a lock, and we're going to get into why. As I bring my producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom, I'm excited about today's show, Sam. We're going to talk about Justin Jefferson being number two. We got B.J. Cunningham joining us, a Michigan State wide receiver, um, really good receiver in the Big Ten. He also runs a podcast now for the Big Ten, uh, but we are going to talk about this new alliance. What does he think about? He's a Big Ten guy. How does he feel about these West Coast teams being added to the Big Ten to get to 18? And then, of course, we got the Daily Three training camp edition. That's three questions. We'll see how much time we have left in the show, about a minute each. Usually, we try to get three minutes, but a minute each has been lately because we've been having some good content before mm-hmm. the show gets started. So, Sam, I want to thank you for joining me today. Um, kind of excited. Got night practice tonight for the Vikings. Um, yep. So, that will be another fun one to see. Fireworks, family night. Uh, so, they get two night practices they get two um uh joint practices uh, joint practices and they get two receivers nah they get one but he's number two justin jefferson's number two but he's the number one receiver but they get two players that we get to talk about in this top 100 and that's why i'm excited about the number two sam sam here's where i go with this yeah when you look at the top 100 one justin jefferson's very deserving of number two i got a question for you do you ever think he'll upseat Patrick Mahomes based on the players and you know because I I feel like if this was a thing now Randy Moss was now Randy Moss would probably be one of those guys where you're like yeah he's the best player in the NFL Um, but it would be tough to have him over Tom Brady like Randy Moss Tom Brady I think that would always been a conversation Randy Moss Peyton Manning I think that always was a conversation can Justin Jefferson upseat Patrick Mahomes that's the first way I'm gonna go with you on this one Sam yeah so he was 17 last year he moved up to two Mm-hmm. He unseated Jalen Hurts, right? He's mm-hmm. above Joe Burrow. He's already yep. passed some of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And then Mahomes is kind of in a class of his own, if you will. But if Justin Jefferson 
ascends one more step, and I'm talking 1,900, 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, which I think he has the potential to get there. Mm-hmm. If he continues to ascend and has a fourth consecutive all-world season, and if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win the Super Bowl, then mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's possible. I think it's possible, Ron. Maybe people get a little bored with Mahomes. They say, hey, Justin Jefferson's doing things that have literally never been done before at this position. Let's give him the nod. If if you're number two, you can definitely be number one. So I think it's possible. Like Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last. Uh, if you if you think about this, though, Sam, I, I agree. I think 1,900 yards or 2,000. 2,000 yards for sure. If he gets 2,000 yards, uh, probably wins the triple crown, catches re- uh, receiving yards uh, and TDs. I don't see why he wouldn't be number one. But again, if Patrick, if he does all that and Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, that's going to be tough for the people, especially for the players to vote. But this is the one I really want to talk about, Sam. Mm-hmm. We know our friend Shannon Sharp years ago, not years ago, probably two years ago. I, I had a, I had a, I had a viral tweet. It went viral. Uh, I tweeted, I don't see 10 quarterbacks that I would take over Kirk Cousins you might find me one or two or three but I don't see 10 you can't tell me Kurt Daniel Cousins KDC is number 11 that was my tweet I can't mm-hmm. find I I can't find a bunch of people commenting on their quarterback oh give me give me Kyler Murray give me uh Dak Prescott give me all these people but Shannon Sharp I will say give him credit he made it viral Shannon Sharp tries to dunk on top of me Here's the, the quarterbacks he told me he would take over Kirk Cousins. Brady, okay. Burrow, yeah. Rodgers, mm. Herbert, fine. Mahomes, of course. Stafford, question mark. Wilson, question mark. But Stafford, I'll give him the nod. He won a Super Bowl. Wilson, question mark. Watson, question mark. Allen, sure. Murray, no. He's like, is that enough? No, that's not enough. I am not entertained. When I look at this list, you got to take Murray out of there. Not even close. Not even worth it. Wilson, I'm taking him out of there. Uh, Watson, we haven't seen what he can do. Now, one thing I will say, he didn't even say Dak Prescott, but I know a lot of people were saying Dak Prescott. But now, let's fast forward, Sam. That was uh, 2022. So that was just last year. It felt like it was years ago. Looks like, when you look at Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. Those are your top five quarterbacks, according to the players. Right, Sam? And that, that's how this works, right? NFL players vote on this list, right? Top yes. 100. Absolutely. So yep. you look at that, they have top five. KDC is ahead of Rodgers, Dak, Golf, and Jackson. That's the top 10. Kirk Cousins is number six, Sam. He is number six. He is the number six quarterback in the NFL, according to the players. So if the players are giving him his respect. How come the media isn't? How come the fans don't? How come, how come these players can see something these fans don't? That's what my question is to you, Sam. But when you think mm-hmm. about Kirk Cousins, and you think about him being number six on this list, is Netflix. Because I was over there in the building. I talked to Gabe about this, too, about how Netflix was around and how they did a really good job of keeping it on the low. Uh, we never noticed Tom Brady at the Bills game. Like We saw it, but we didn't think anything of it. Um, but what, what do you think about that, Sam? Why, why do you think? Do you think Netflix is the reason, or do you think the players – like because nothing's changed for the players besides Netflix. Like Kirk had a playoff game. He lost it. He threw the ball on fourth and nothing or whatever, fourth down for the life of the team. He checked it down. So for everybody that says KDC, Kirk Daniel Cousins, for those that wonder why I keep using that, that's that's my name from this season, KDC. It sounds cooler. 
But when you think about that with Kirk Cousins, he did everything everybody expects him to do. Shut down at the end of the games. I mean, it wasn't the Buffalo Bills game. Everybody forgot about that. One handy catch, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson gets the credit for that, not Kirk. Kirk just threw it into the sky, into the ether, threw it into the world. And Justin Jefferson, you know, like 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 Thanos trying to catch that last stone, grabbed it one hand. So what what puts Kirk at six now, Sam? In your opinion? Yeah, I get the impression that this list is sort of a snapshot in time. It's almost like a like a who's trending now kind of list and Kirk Cousins now remind me who was behind him Dak Aaron um, Rodgers Roger golf and Lamar Jackson okay so like take Jackson Rodgers and uh Dak for instance yeah they all had sub standard years by their standards right um if you ask me who's the better quarterback like over a longer period of time I might Mm -hmm. go I'm obviously going to go Rodgers over Cousins um Dak maybe and Jackson just has a much vaster skill set. But all of them kind of had down years last year, or they didn't play, or they were hurt, right? Cousins had one of his best, most clutch, most impressive seasons. And yeah. I think that the players recognize that. So Cousins has elevated his stock in the last year, but in the way he played, Netflix probably helped. I don't know if the voting happened before the show or not, but that probably helped. Um, and I think his stock is way up right now. But, you know, like Russell Wilson, for instance, Ron, I don't even think he made the top 100. I don't know for sure. Right. But think about him one or two years ago, right? He would be top 20, I bet. Russell Wilson used to be Superman, and now he's fallen because recency bias. That's what I think that that you see in this list a little bit. And, and uh, you can make a good argument that Kirk Cousins did have a top six quarterback season last year. Yeah, I mean, he did. He had a he had a he had a top six quarterback season. I mean, top four. I mean, if you think about his stats and everything, and when you look at you know like this list, when you talk about the quarterbacks uh, that that um, Shannon Sharp was trying to name, like you know Shannon, you know he, whatever reason, I, I get it because you know he always does that every time somebody talks about Kirk Cousins, everybody has to do it. And then you go back to the list of tweets and the list of people because again, this was on. And, and again, I, I told Shannon this too. I'm like, yo, I didn't even I didn't realize this. Sam. That was like three days before my birthday, four days before my birthday. So mm-hmm. he he could have threw me a bone, but he, he tried to dunk on me and come over to the top. And that's why I'm glad he did it, though, because that's what I try to tell people. Um, I don't, you know, like Ryan Clark, we know we've had Ryan Clark on the show. He talked about Kirk Cousins' upside. We've, we've had, you know, some of the top analysts, Steve, you know, Weish from the NFL Network on the show. And so when you think about Shannon Sharp's comments about these quarterbacks, you're, I think it's recency bias. Like, Years before that, that was the uh, what's his name? That was the the Mike Zimmer era. So Kirk Cousins wasn't like he we wasn't known or loved under the Mike Zimmer era. I mean, I, it's funny though. Like I said, this this tweet every season comes back. Sam, do you want to guess how many like impressions or people that have looked at this tweet now uh, since like and and again a year ago, Sam, it was two million. That was the number when Shannon Sharp did this, uh, and we went mm-hmm. back and forth on Twitter. What do you think it is now? If it was two million last year, I'm I'm gonna guess three million, four million. Sam, Kirk Cousins million is what this is right now. <laughs> this is Kirk. It, this this is like one it, of those things. I mean, I could turn it sideways and it could be infinity for for Mamba for Kobe Bryant, but this is this is this is Kirk Cousins millions right now. It's eighty or sorry, eight million. 
eight million impressions now, Sam. Like, and I and I'm guessing because I, I all of a sudden it started trending again. I'm guessing the Netflix people just were probably searching Kirk Cousins stuff on Twitter, and maybe yeah. this popped up and somebody because I told you like somebody's like I had what 490 when we started the show it was 490 retweets it's now 502 so something made this tweet jump again and you know how it works on twitter people just come to it this is the first time they've seen it and now other people are probably either one i and i haven't looked at the comments because i see people now like coming back and shannon sharp from a year ago though two people like it was a year ago like we <laughs> we can let this go like i'm pretty sure if we were to have shannon sharp talk about it now maybe we will again i'm pretty sure he might move kirk cousins up his list like i don't think and, and again brady's out the league so that's different now. So maybe maybe Kirk's in his top ten now. Um, but I, I would I would truly be, and Kyler Murray. There's no way Kyler Murray is in his top ten anymore. Like there's no way unless unless Shannon just wants to double down because you know how people are Sam. They they don't want to be wrong. Like they want to prove that Kyler Murray maybe is a, a what is it Nathaniel Hackett at him. Uh, like Russell Wilson got hacked, if you want to call it. If it's a it's a verb now. Hacketed. Um, hacketed. Um, uh, what did what did uh Dan Patrick said, friend of the you know NBC partner Dan Patrick said uh or not him sorry one of his guys in the back row said uh he did a hack job, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, people can say they can blame the coach on Kyler Murray. Fine, you want to do that? Kirk Cousins, we never blame the coach on Kirk Cousins. We just knew Mike Zimmer didn't like him. He gets KOC, he's unlocked. He takes his shirt off. He puts the chains on. Totally different guy now. And so now the players have voted them top six. And so speaking of players, speaking of Michigan State, we got B.J. Cunningham joining us today on the Ron Johnson Show. He's waiting in the green room, so we're going to get him out here. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Let me tell you about FanDuel and a wonderful new promotion at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's football-related. Yes, football is here. The season is so close to kicking off right now when you make a future bet on a Super Bowl winner. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So go find a team that's going to win a dozen games. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. And then, of course, if they win the Super Bowl, you get paid that future. Pick any team to win, get bonus bets, and you can put those on the spreads, the player props, over-unders, and plenty more options. So many ways to bet football at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on is the website. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sports book. FanDuel, make every moment more. Well, now it's time for the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. And uh, I, I love talking to receivers. You guys know that. Like any chance I can get a receiver on the show, I'm going to do it. And uh, I got to bring a really good one in from Michigan State because Big Ten football right now is trending. And not just Big Ten football, Big Ten sports, but Big Ten football for sure is trending. Uh, I know BJ Cunningham has his own podcast. but So when I saw him pop up, I'm like, let me get him on to talk about football. This is a guy, 51 games played, 218 receptions, 3,086 yards, and 20 five touchdowns that is some big time numbers i want to thank bj cunningham for joining me on the ron johnson show man appreciate you for joining me uh i'm gonna jump out there man like i i, I deal with this all the time with eric decker tyler johnson and rashad bateman like those are considered uh the top three receivers uh and myself as well i guess top four receivers in gophers history um I, you know i had 33 touchdowns uh, i had 3,000 yards uh, I had, I think I only had 198 catches. So you got me there. So I'm like, man, like 218 catches, 51. And you got me on the games. Cause like you guys had the, the 12 game seasons. You had the extra like 2011, you got 14 games in 2008. You got 13. 
I'm like, I would have loved to have had a 12-game season. I tell Tyler that all the time. I told Rashad. Rashad Bateman didn't pass me, but Eric Decker. I'm like, I played when we only had 11 games, and I only went to two bowl games because we weren't that good my freshman year. I'm not going to lie. We weren't that good. And then my senior year, we sucked. Like, my senior year, we were young. Like, we, we, we basically lost so many upperclassmen. Glenn Mason, and we'll talk about Ohio State, was going to Ohio State to be the coach. So he disappeared my senior year uh, that, that summer. And so a lot of guys transferred thinking Mason was not coming back. I was loyal because David Gibbs was the defensive coordinator, thought he was going to be there, and he wasn't. But B.J. Cunningham, man, you're from Ohio. I'm going to jump out there first and ask this question. I'm from Michigan, so I got that all the time. Michigan, Michigan State. I've told that story. Nick Saban was Michigan State. I didn't really, you know, me and Nick Saban didn't. Like, we weren't the same, like, mindset. Like, he was just a different kind of guy. He was more business-oriented. Seemed yeah. more like, here's a, here's my firmness of my of my of what I'm going to do with my program. So I didn't go there. And I'm glad. From Detroit, you know this. You, you went to school with a bunch of Detroit dudes. Michigan State ain't good for Detroit guys all the time. Yeah. Like, it, it's too much, too much temptation to go back home. Uh, too easy for people to come from Detroit and mess mm-hmm. up what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Michigan, Lloyd Carr was my dad's coach in college. So Lloyd Carr was at Michigan, but he recruited Marquise Walker and David Terrell, both committed. And they were in the top 10 receivers in the country at that time. I think I was like 14, 15. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to follow these guys and go there. Um, and then you also had Ty Streets and Amani Toomer at Michigan. So Glenn Mason came, Tony Dungy, my dad's teammate. Uh, you know, he went to Minnesota, told me I should check Minnesota out. I really love it. I'm glad I did. Met my wife here. I still live here. I uh, still cover the team. So I'm glad I did that. I'm now, you know, co-host of uh, the, the PJ Flex show. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this season. We are actually doing it the State Fair, people. That's a shameless plug. We'll be at the State Fair twice with PJ Fleck and the uh, Minnesota Vikings as well. But anyway, jumping into the show with, with BJ Cunningham, man. Ohio State, they let you get out of their own backyard and you were a dog like you. You killed it. So what, what was that process like? How'd that happen? Well, I, it's, it's kind of funny because I was, I was new to football. Okay. So I kind of understand it. You know, they probably had their recruiting early. Um, I didn't start playing football until I was 17, my okay. junior year of high school. So got my first scholarship after my junior year. It was like some Mac schools. Cincinnati was there uh, in that mix with Coach D. He ended up going to Michigan State. So I was riding with Cincinnati. Waiting on, waiting on Ohio State the whole time, thinking they were going to offer me late. And Coach D went to Cincinnati. I pulled the trigger with him at Michigan State. And honestly, like you said, being a, a Detroit guy going to Michigan State, it's a lot of temptation going home, people coming to visit you. Yep. So I feel like me just being that that extra couple, few hours away just kept me a little bit more, you know, focused. Um, you know, everything happened for a reason because I ended up still getting into something at Michigan State. But, you know, stuff happens. It's college. It's life. We young. But. I still felt like that was the best decision for me. Yeah, no, because, I mean, I look at the uh, 2008. That would have been your year coming in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these names jump off to me. To like, like Brian Hartline was legit. I'll give him that. Um, and then you have Brian Rubisky. He was legit. After that, you know, it's not a bunch of names of names. Like, it, it's not anything where you would be like, man, I can't believe Ohio State, uh, you know, they were loaded. I see why they didn't take you. Like, it's it's not anything, like, great that year. I mean, later on, but – 2008, it wasn't like they had everything they needed. So it's their loss, your game. You ended up in Michigan State. Um, you played at a school where, like, I know Charles Rogers. I know Plaxico Burris. Um, how how was it as you started to ascend on that list? You know, it's crazy. So I redshirted when I came into Michigan State. So obviously I wasn't ready. I had just started playing. I didn't know I had to 
no linebackers are blitzing when I'm running my <laughs> route to cut it off, you know, the hots and all that stuff. So I'm just new. I was a C-ball, get-ball guy when I first okay. got to school. So so when I first got stepped on the field my rest of freshman year, some people noticed who were paying attention, but a lot of people just see the numbers. I mean, I was coming in third receiver, catching hitches. <laughs> The first, the first, the, my first three, y'all caught like 42 balls, maybe 20 of them were hitches. Yeah. Just coming in, you know, two minute drill. I'm running the hitch, the slot running the fade, the smasher. I was running hitch yeah. smashes, catching the hitch smashes. So then, you know, catching the ball just get your confidence up, right? So the next year, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm about to turn it up. So I scored me a few touchdowns, started getting featured in some, in, in the offense. And then after my after my redshirt sophomore year, kind of it kind of clicked. Like people were coming up to me. Like I wasn't really paying attention to the numbers. I'm just enjoying college, man. Enjoying ball. Enjoying my teammates. Um, then somebody comes up to me. You know, um, you're not too far away from the all time receptions record. And this is my junior year. So I was like, then once that got put in my head, it was just like a it's go time. I got a new receiver coach, Terrence Sammy, who came uh, from Central Michigan. Um, he had coach Antonio Brown at Central Michigan. He okay. came over to me and got the – I just got that little bit of extra separation that I was missing. You know, I was a bigger receiver. I was going to get it. But I just got – he gave me that little extra separation that took me to that next level. And I – he lucky changed my game a lot. And I saw it change. And then I got that record, man, and ended up being, you know, a, a point in my life where it was just like, dang, I went from not being able to – know anything about football to be an all-time re- leading receiver at Michigan State. So it was real surreal for me. But climbing that ladder, man, Chuck, Plax, Andre. Uh, Plax and Dre came back a few times, got to kick it, hang out with them, meet them, get some game from them. Uh, so, yeah, man, it was great. And I was, I'm just glad to be in that group of guys. Yeah, and in 2012, you heard your name called by the Philadelphia Eagles. You were drafted to the NFL. Uh, when you got the call, and, and, you know, and I know that, I've been through that process. That's a long day. Um, it's a nerve wracking day because you don't really know who's going to take you. You don't know where your future is going to be maybe for the next three to four years. Um, and you ended up kind of on the East coast where I went to Baltimore Ravens. So we both were on the East coast, but what, what was that moment like when you finally got the call from the Eagles? Man, it was, um, it was crazy. Cause you know, you the man in college, you yeah. know? So it's just like, I'm seeing all my friends go. I've seen, uh, uh, Jarrell worthy go. I saw Kurt go. I saw, you know, I'm seeing all my teammates that, you know, we was all balling together. Goes great. I'm happy for him. And then I remember Draymond and, uh, you know, Dray with the state. Draymond yep. and Werv had called me, Jarrell Worthy, who I'm doing the podcast with. They called me. It was just like, man, he was like, day, you know, day three. You know, keep your head up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm like, all right, cool. Then I turned it off. I couldn't watch it no more. I turned it off, played some video games, come more homies. We was over at the crib. We was playing video games. And then all of a sudden, I just looked to my right. My phone started buzzing. And it was, it was the Miami Dolphins. It was a 954 number. Miami Dolphins called me. And I talked to Jeff Ireland on the phone. And they, they, t- they turned the TV back on. <laughs> and it was me getting drafted. But it was nerve-wracking, like you said. Um, you know, you being a man in college, everybody the man, you, you thinking people telling you this, so you thinking that. You know, you think you one of them. So it was, just, it was real humbling, nerve-wracking, and exciting all at once. And like I said, a moment I'll never forget and happy to be a part of. Yeah, and when you look at Michigan State, like you said, you play with Kirk Cousins. I actually cover, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I think 2009, 2010, I worked for the Big Ten Network. I was uh, the, the play-by-play host for the Big Ten Network. Or sorry, game uh, 
color analyst for the Big Ten Network. So I had Michigan State, I think, twice. Um, but I remember meeting because, you know, you were you were there for this. The Nichols, Kirk Cousins, back and forth, who was going to be the starting quarterback. So I was kind of there at the beginning of that uh, when Keith Nichols came in, uh, end up going to receiver. For those that want to know that story, Kirk, you know, basically took over and became the quarterback. Um, I also know Ghosting. Uh, when, you th- when you think about Ghosting from Detroit, you know, I know he was a Michigan State guy as well. Um, and, and when you look at that, you know, Kirk Cousins as a young guy, you know, some people, you know, he rubbed the wrong way. You know, I know Ghostin was one of them, um, you know, but Kurt has grown as a player. But when you remember Kirk as a quarterback, because, again, he was battling for that spot when you were there and he ended up being the starter. Um, what what was Kirk Cousins like as a quarterback then? Because you were his receiver. Man, that's you know, it's crazy. I, I think about this a lot when I watch him play and I see all like the people talking and all the adversity that he goes through in the league. So, look. Kirk got, Kirk got red-shirted with me, so we were on scout team together. Kirk, me and Kirk had so much chemistry on that field, starting starting with just going against our defense, right? Yeah. The, our starting defense, you saw how Kirk was threading the rock, getting me to rock, how confident he was just on in practice, okay? So then, redshirt freshman year comes, we got Brian Hoyer at quarterback. He's a, he's a senior now. So, you know, Kirk's behind him. And mind you, Nick Foles came in with Kirk, too. So we had my first, my, my class was Nick Foles and Kirk Cousins. Oh, wow. In my freshman class. Yeah. So Nick Nick didn't get red-shirted. I mean, he's 6'6". He's a prototype quarterback, right. you know. And he was their four-star guy. Me and Kirk were the three-star guy. So we got Nick Nick playing or backing up Hoyer freshman year. Kirk's on scout team. Then Hoyer, uh, the next year, Hoyer's at quarterback again. Keith Nickel transfers in. Yep, from Oklahoma. From Oklahoma. Yep. Nick Foles leaves. He's like, man, I don't, I don't want to do this. I came to play ball. I ain't trying to. I get, hey, do you think, Nick? That's my guy. I love him. We ended up back in Philly together. Crazy. But Keith comes. So now Kirk is it's Kirk's turn to be the starting quarterback. But now we got this five star recruit that transferred back in from Oklahoma, who you know he had the Sam Bradford battle, didn't win that. Comes back. To Michigan State, he was the like almost Mr. Football pretty much here. Yeah. So and Kirk knows that, right? So so Kirk coming in, you know, locked in, focused. And you know, Keith, Keith was one of those, uh, he was the, like a mobile, more mobile guy. He could throw yep. a big arm, uh, could run, you know, obviously he ended up playing receiver. So training camp comes and it's time to vote for captains. Kirk gets voted captain. But he's not even in the start. He's going. He's not even the starter yet. So that just goes to say, like you were saying earlier, how much the team thought of Kirk. Hmm. You're not even a captain. You going into your redshirt sophomore. I mean, you're not even a starter. You going into your redshirt sophomore year. You a captain. You going wow. and you going through a quarterback battle with a five star who just transferred back in from Oklahoma, who Coach D called the top receivers to come walk him around the facility. Think I'm thinking, oh, he about to take Kirk's spot there. We got he on an official visit with the top receivers on the team, like right. You know, you know how it goes. So, so boom, uh, training camp come. Kirk beat him out. So, so when I saw when when I saw that happen, and they saw I saw uh, uh, Keith get moved to a receiver. Yep. I just saw the, the, the adversity. And then I saw when the, when the draft happened, when they drafted RG3 and Kirk. I'm like, oh, he ready for this. So that's what I'm saying. Like, he, I remember his dad, he used to always tell, tell my mom, the cream going to rise to the top. You know, and I felt like Kirk been the cream, man. No matter what people say, he going to rise to the top. 
You know what I'm saying? We all have our, you know, our mishaps in the game. But some, right. for some reason, everybody just locks in on his. I don't know why. But to me, that all that adversity he faced and faces, I saw it 10, 15 years ago. And it's coming to coming to light right now. And I'm proud of my guy, man. For real. Yeah, no, because when you I, you are right, because 2009, I remember coming there to cover the team. Uh, I forgot who you guys were playing, but it was like early in the season. And Kirk was splitting time with Keith Nickel. They weren't sure. Uh, I remember talking to the coaches and, and we met with them uh, about Kirk and Keith Nickel and what was going to happen. And again, yeah, I, like, I remember that. I just remember Oklahoma. That was stuck in my head because yeah. I'm like, man, you transfer from Oklahoma. A lot of people are expecting you to be the guy. Like yeah. you're right, from Michigan. So both of them are from Michigan, but he was, you know, a top guy out of Michigan and went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins takes it and he ends up at receiver. It was just funny. And, like, I think the Big Ten Championship, didn't Keith Nickel catch, like, a big pass from Kirk or something like that to help you guys win the game? Yeah, or the actually, bowl game or something? bowl game. He won the game. Yeah. He got the game-winning touchdown and triple overtime. Yeah. And I'm going to be real. Like, Kirk Keith was nice at receiver. Like, I, he was good. Like, he athletic, bro. Caught a little post, a little seven-step in the back of the end zone, huh? <laughs> I know. I am about to say, I remember that because I remember Keith Nickel finally, like, you know, got his retribution. Didn't do anything after that, but, you know, wasn't really – uh, 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 a guy that you consider one of the top receivers. But I just remember B.J. Cunningham, too, because I wore number three in college. I remember he had number three. He was a big receiver at 6'2". I remember talking to, um, I think, Mark Snyder. I'm not – no, Tim Allen. Tim Allen was yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, he was our pers- player personnel director, yeah. too, for Glenn Mason. So Tim Allen was there. That was one of the reasons why I'm glad I got to cover Michigan State because when I got there, Tim Allen was there. So he and I talked about you. We talked about some of the other players as well. Uh, we talked about Kirk Cousins, of course, a ton. And, uh, you know, he, he just – he's a guy that I think it's too late now. Um, players are starting to change their minds. They've voted him top six in the NFL. But it is what it is. It's just not going to change. But we got to talk about this Big Ten, man, the transition to the Big Ten. Uh, when you played – I think you guys might have been at 12 teams by then. But when I played, we were at 10. Then it switched to 11 with Penn State. And then uh, – I don't remember when it got to 12. I don't remember that. But I do know now it's going to be at 18 by 2024. You got USC, UCLA. Now you have Oregon and Washington. As a former player, what are your thoughts on the Big Ten expansion? I love it. I love it. I love it because we know the Big Ten. The Big Ten has always been kind of old school, ground and pound football, which is great. Yeah. I know I got to Michigan State. I don't know about you at Minnesota. At Michigan State, the model was pound, green, pound, which is cool. But as a receiver, that's not what you're trying to hear all day. Correct. Right. So I love it, even for the fans, right? Yeah, it's changing. It changes it because the West Coast offenses are going to come. Uh, and speaking of pound, 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 the NFL does not care about running backs anymore. I feel like Kanye West when he talked about the president. <laughs> but the NFL does not care about running backs. Like, they don't. Jim Ursay had the most ridiculous, and I worked for Jim Ursay. I appreciate the job he offered me with the coach. I was a coach there for two years under Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell for another mm-hmm. year. So I appreciate Jim Ursay. Great guy. We've had Cato June, Reggie Wayne. Uh, love coach guys, love it. Ben Utech, but Jim Irsay, I gotta be honest. And Pat McAfee, coach, I coached him. I've been on the Pat McAfee a couple of times. So I love the coach. So there's no coach hate for anybody that sees this. But Jim Irsay went a little too far. He said, "If and again, I, I think he was misquoted." So the requote was, "If I die, and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league." At first, everybody's like, "Man, why are you killing off both of y'all?" But he said, "If I die." And Jonathan Taylor's out of the league. The league will go on, blah, blah, blah. One, if an owner dies, yes, the league's going to go on. Because you guys sell the team all the time. You guys are just in. But as a player, you can't say if he's out the league. Like, he's not out the league. He's still one of the top running backs. So 
When you hear that, though, and now the Big Ten making this change, do you think like even college recruiting might change a little bit for some of these teams when they realize like throwing the ball is the way of the world now and like to stick with a team like Oregon, to go against a team like USC, UCLA, like you got to be able to spread the ball around because it's going to be a shootout. And then also like DBs and linebackers, like you're going to need more DBs, less middle linebackers because nobody's running lead zone anymore nobody's running like lead up the you know 46 counter anymore it's just toss toss jet sweep like what are your thoughts on how the running back is changing in the nfl well college i honestly don't feel like it'll change as much as it is the nfl just because of the fact that the school isn't i mean paying the millions of dollars to the kids right, right? so nfl the jim ursay thing that just that that really just goes to show me it's more of a respect level for the position true um, I don't feel like that. All right, put it like this. Last 10, the whole goal of the NFL is to go to the Super Bowl, right? Correct. If I'm a GM or an owner, he was wild for wording that like that. I don't know what he was talking about. But if I'm a GM or I'm all for the players getting played. We former players. I'm all for that. We need, I'm all for getting the money. But if I'm a GM or an owner, I'm, going, I'm doing my research. I'm doing my numbers. If I'm trying to win a, a Super Bowl, if I go back 10, 12 years, look at quarterback. What's the formula for a Super Bowl quality quarterback? Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, or a quarterback on his rookie deal, right? Okay. Last 10 years, it was kind of, those are the two type of – you got your outlier, Nick Foles, came off the couch, right? My guy. All right, then let's look at running back. Last 10, 12 years. The Super Bowl winning team never yep. had a running back make over three mil. Yep. So if I'm a GM or owner, I'm looking at that. I'm like, this isn't me paying my running back $20 million. I got $80 million in the backfield. This is not the formula to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to sell tickets. I'm going to get people to the game. I'm going to get a lot of rushing yards. But just, just like the Chiefs proved, I can go get a rookie from the seventh round and scheme it and make him and save my bread and move that around. Get Sign Chris Jones back. I don't know. Get the defense, D-line, more DBs, more linebackers, like you said. But True. Like I said, I'm all for everybody getting paid, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are we doing here? We're trying to win the Super Bowl, right? Right. So if I'm looking at it from that aspect, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, true. College football, I mean, I think you still have to run the ball. It's a different, still a different game. Uh, you'll see teams like Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, even Michigan runs the ball. I mean, you, you don't, you don't, you don't bring your number one running back back and expect not to run the ball. Uh, Iowa, they're not built to spread the ball out. Right. And so it's going to be West Coast first versus Midwest. And, and I think it'll we'll see Minnesota. They run the crap out the ball. Now, they do have some great receivers this year. Uh, they do have a quarterback that can sling it. Uh, so it might be a little bit different. But talking about coaches, one last one before we get out of here. I'm Ron Johnson's BJ Cunningham. For those watching, uh, thank you for watching on YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Those on Roku and Amazon Fire, the Amazon team. Love you guys that continue to download, watch, subscribe to the show. So appreciate it. For those listening on your podcast, wherever you get your podcast, we thank you. Just make sure you subscribe. Uh, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. This is BJ Cunningham. Uh, BJ, one, one last one. I, I'm here with PJ Fleck, and PJ Fleck is a big time uh, voice guy. Like he has a lot of sayings, a lot of stuff. I got the ore behind me, of course. We're rowing the boat. Uh, but Mel Tucker was under fire for a little bit. Like Mel Tucker was on the hot seat for a little bit. Um, I like Mel Tucker. Just honestly, uh, I love to see African-American coaches get a shot because when I was coming up, it wasn't normal. Like you weren't seeing a ton of black coaches. Uh, like Tony Dungy was a, was a new black head coach and now it's grown. But like that's where I grew up in the Tony Dungy couldn't get a job era where Tony Dungy was going to interviews and they're like, eh, I don't know if you're our guy. 
uh, Mike Tomlin. I don't know if you're our guy. And then Mike Tomlin and Tony Dungy have changed the scope of a Romeo Cornell now. I mean, we've had a bunch now. Um, but now Mel Tucker, he was under fire, and he said, I inherited a poor roster. This is a Sports Illustrated article. I inherited a poor roster, but Tucker says 2023s is going to be his best roster he's had as he's been here. So with him saying that, is that putting pressure on him now to be successful? Because now he's saying, like, look, I these last couple of years, I didn't get a great right. Like Deion Sanders said the same thing. I, I got my own luggage in his Louis. Like he said he walked in and he's like, I got to change this Colorado team because you guys went 1-11 and and it wasn't great. Mel Tucker kind of feels the same way. Like I didn't have the guys I needed to do what I need to do for my team to be successful. And so when you talk about Mel Tucker now saying 2023 is his best, one, because I know Minnesota fans, P.J. Flex is a love-hate guy. What's the Mel Tucker vibe at with like Michigan State alum and then also fans? Okay, so I, I like Mel. Good coach, good guy. He actually brought a new regime to the program. So as soon as he got there, he started this Spartan Dog uh, convention. Okay. So he invited all the four. I just got back from it, actually, uh, and we threw a camp in the D, had some of your guys pull up. But okay. uh, uh, we had Spartan Dog convention. He invited all the foreign players back, and he would just go through, you know, hang out, a uh, little events, talk about the offense and the defense. He let us know a little vaguely what's going on, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's actually very cool. This is, I went. This is my second year going. My first year I was still playing. It's my second year going. It's great. But honestly, I mean, he's not lying. I remember being with Coach D. He came in. We, we had never been to a bowl game in like 10 years or something. You know, we was playing yeah. against Michigan State. Yeah. You oh, know yeah. how we were. And it was like, when I my class, he, he just flipped it up. He had to get his guys in. So, so I guess the Mel Tucker guys are different from the Coach D guys. And I know Mel Tucker is a great recruiter. You know, the guy, the guy, the kid, the kids come in, they, they, they attach to him somehow. And he just got so I, honestly, I feel like him being able to do that and being able to relate to the kids and then being able to get the same guys that he wants. I don't think that's a slight, but I will say that that is more pressure, but I think that's good pressure. Okay. You know, good and, pressure make diamonds, man. We yeah, oh, we yeah. gotta put him under the pressure because at the end of the day, if we ain't winning, I'm like, okay, well, these 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 draft pick, I mean, this draft class isn't working. It's it's uh new high school class. So it's, it's <laughs> You know what they say though, pressure, pressure does create diamonds. It also yeah. bursts pipes. And so bursts. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, we'll see which one happens. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two quick ones too before we get out of here. Just quick predictions. You don't have to jump into why or if you want to quick on one, but uh, three games that I want you to just tell me what you think are gonna happen for Michigan State this year. Okay. Um, one, Mel Tucker and Michigan State kind of saw the, the 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 writing on the wall. September 16th, the Washington Huskies travel to Michigan State. So we're gonna see the first preview of what this thing might look like because Michigan State had already scheduled Washington, had nothing to do with the expansion. Maybe, maybe Washington already knew though, but had nothing to do with the expansion. So Washington will travel to Michigan State. So we're going to get a first look at it. We're going to get our first uh, comments about it. Uh, we're going to get our first uh, travel. Like what does Washington feel like after they have to go to Michigan State and they go back home? What are your thoughts on that? The first game against uh, now a, a Pac-12, I guess Pac-12 lever, you want to call them? Uh, but Washington versus Michigan State, what are your early thoughts on that game, prediction-wise? I like us, man. I think uh, it was last year. I think we went out there and got beat. Yep. Um. So yeah, I like I like us coming home game. Washington got to come. Uh, fly about three hours. That time change. Young guys. It's welcome. It's probably just got out of welcome week. And everybody fresh to school and may not have their legs. But yep. uh, but no, nah, I'm 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 gonna go with us. And last and uh, next one, the rivalry. 
You know what? I'm going to come to that one last. Okay. Michigan State travels to Minnesota to face P.J. Fleck. What do you think is going to happen in that one? All right. October so, 28th. So it's going to be girls in Halloween costumes. Oh, and I, I remember playing at Minnesota <laughs> Halloween. I remember that game. It's going to be cold, too. <laughs> it, will, it might be cold on Halloween. Yep, the, 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 that Saturday Halloween is nuts on campus. Goldie will be dressed up as different characters. Uh, I don't know what the hot character is, but maybe Spider-Man or something. Uh, but, yeah, what do you think of that one? Michigan State, Minnesota. Man, honestly, I love you guys' run game. Um, got some receivers coming up. I just hope that we can hold it up front. But I like you guys to start, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to get you on my show for that week. Okay, for sure. Yeah. And then last one, the rivalry. I grew up with this one. I remember Charles Woodson, one-handed catch on the sideline. I remember Charles Rogers killing it. I remember Plaxico. Michigan versus Michigan State, but it's in Ip – or uh, not Ipsy. <laughs> I was going Eastern Michigan with that one. It's in East Lansing, not Ipsy, uh, but it's in East Lansing. What are your chances, Michigan, Michigan State? Michigan probably will be a top five team by that point. What do you think? Man, no matter how our season goes, this game is 0-0 on the record. So I like home game. I like us. Last time they came out, uh, was when they had those two DNs that went in the, into the, what, the first round, right? Yep, they yep. came, K, K Walk came and walked us in, walked us home. Dog walked them boys back to Ann Arbor, man. So I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go with us for the for the rivalry game versus Michigan. Well, that's your early predictions, and I do like Minnesota's chances just because they have to play Michigan before they travel to Minnesota, so they're gonna be beat up. They might win it. Because And if they do win it, all their energy, all their hate, all their Spartan dogs, it might be a fight. Um, Michigan, Michigan State is just, I mean, you got a lot of Detroit boys on both sides. You got a lot of Ohio boys on both sides. You got a lot of Illinois boys on both sides. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hate. Like, some people say love hate. It's just hate for some people. Like, some people just hate other schools. Uh, like, we hated Wisconsin and Iowa. When we played them, now after we were done, it's all love. But when we were playing them, we hated them. Like, it's just absolute hate. Um, I actually enjoy Michigan. Larry Foote, Cato June, uh, Todd Howard, Braylon Edwards. Like, those were guys I knew. Um, so I enjoyed the Michigan games. Uh, but I know Michigan, Michigan State, there's no love lost there. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's BJ Cunningham. We are going to check back as that season rolls around. I'm for sure jumping on your show, man. Minnesota, Michigan, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about that. P.J. Fleck at that time, hopefully, hopefully will still be in the top 25. I think they have a chance early on with the way the schedule goes. And if they can get through it early, and they guess you got to deal with Wisconsin. We know in Iowa, those are going to be the tough ones. And then, of course, Minnesota has Michigan as well. So that's going to be another tough one. But I'm enjoying that because Makari Page, my little cousin, he'll be traveling to Minnesota. So I had to get him free safety, one of the top safeties in the country. Right. Uh, so I'm excited about that as well. I know my family already told me they're trying to come down. So we got to prepare for that, having family in town from Detroit. Um, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's BJ Cunningham. We're going to jump into the daily three. That's three questions. We're going to spend about a minute each today. And before we do that, we have a word from SiriusXM. SiriusXM is a proud partner of Locked On. The Twins are visiting the Detroit Tigers tonight at 540. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search Twins after you download the app on whatever app market you have. Well, it's time for the Daily Three now. It's three questions, 30 seconds each today. Take it away, Sam. Training camp three-pack of questions today. Uh, fully padded practice yesterday. The head coach spoke, so we got a lot of tidbits KOC announced that Jordan Addison will be playing on Ooh. Thursday. I think we assumed that a lot of these guys would just get rested, but no, Jordan Addison will be in uniform. What do you hope to see from him? 
I hope to see what he looks like in pads. We've seen him in practice, but now in a game versus other guys that are technically, quote-unquote, bigger than him because the weight was one question. I want to see how he looks, how he stands up to it. Two, after the first hit, how does he take it? You know, like, is he a guy that gets bounced around? Is he a guy that absorbs the blow? Um, And then three, the speed. Like, the speed of the game is fast, and then his speed compared to the speed of the game. Like, does he come out and he gives us Justin Jefferson vibes? Or does he come out and give us, and I'm not going to name any other receivers to, to downplay a receiver, but does he give us other receiver vibes? Because um, if he gives us Jordan Jeff or Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson vibes, um, I, I think that that speaks well to what he can be when Justin Jefferson's on the field. And I think that's maybe that's why KLC and and I'm guessing maybe one or two preseason games he'll play, and then maybe the third he'll sit with the rest of the vets. Um, but I think they just want to see what they have in this guy because he's going to be needed right away as a third receiver. I'm not going to say he is Justin Jefferson, but from to my eye, he has had a better rookie year training camp than Justin Jefferson as a rookie. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. You're trying to make sure you don't end up with a preposterous statement turning. I don't want to. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't put me there. Sam uh, Mitchell said Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison is better than Justin no, Jefferson. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Uh, Jersey number question for you. So yep. the new receiver, Jacob Copeland, I don't think he's going to make the team, maybe the practice squad, but yeah. he was given the number 28 at Vikings training camp. And so that bothers some people because yep. that's Adrian Peterson's number. Do you think the Vikings should be protecting Adrian's number and eventually retiring it? I think so. I, I do. Like, I-, I think it's up there with, well, this is the problem though. Here's the problem. We can say that, but they haven't protected 84. So if they're not right. going to protect 84, we can't expect them to protect 28. Like, it's just, it is not what it is. Because of Randy Moss, I mean, I know Chris Carter was on uh, the, the Vikings show the other day, and he said he put Adrian Peterson in his uh, Mount Rushmore um, of uh, Vikings players and Vikings history. But Randy Moss is up there. So I think I would go Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson. So if you're not going to protect 84, we, we can't really expect them to protect 28. I just think 28 on a receiver looks stupid. I think it looks dumb. So I, I just wouldn't do it for that reason. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's got to be some other numbers out there he could have got. But I, I, and, I, and the problem is, though, when you have 90 players, you run out of numbers. Uh, you could go, and I don't know why they didn't do this. You could go, because even in the NFL, there's offense and defensive players with the same numbers now. Like, they're allowing that just like college, right? Am I right or wrong? Uh, in, or no? So, no, in preseason, is that, that is allowed. In, but but in, not in regular NFL. season. They have to they have to change right. it. College right. still allows that though. College you can have two number ones, one on offense, one on defense. I know college allows that because it's a hundred plus players. But yeah, the NFL during the preseason you can have an offensive number whatever and a defense as long as they don't co- uh, coincide on uh, special teams together. They can mm-hmm. be out there. So why not? I mean, I know you don't want to give them eight because that's Kirk Cousins, but give them like sixteen. Like him and Jaron, or no, never mind. That's offense. Uh, I'm thinking defense. Let's go defense. Um, you don't want to give him 22. Give him, give him seven, maybe. I don't know. Give him Byron Murphy Jr. I don't know, but maybe they're thinking special teams. There's got to be a number out there. That Dalvin's number is available, number four. <laughs> Could have gave him four. I, and you don't need to protect four because Dalvin did more in three than he did in four. So, yeah, you could have gave him. That's weird, too. Why doesn't nobody have four? Like, what? Like are they holding out hope, maybe? Ooh. <laughs> Hey, if I was a young receiver coming in, I would want number four. Right. And if Alvin comes back, then you can then you make him buy it off you. Exactly. You but maybe are, maybe the Vikings uh, are holding out hope for Dalvin Cook to return. Because hey, he hasn't signed with a team agent. yet. He's still a free agent. They still have some money for him because they haven't officially signed a bunch of people. So hey, 
Maybe. Maybe the Vikings, the secret number four, hold out for Dalvin Cook to come back. Oh. <laughs> What's the last one? I like the conspiracy. Um, all right. Running backs. Uh, Kane Wangwu is injured right now, but mm-hmm. um, let, let's say that he is not available on Thursday. How are you splitting up the running back workload in Thursday's game? Um, I'm guessing Alexander Madison won't play. Um, so I'm going to give a healthy dose of, I want to see as much as possible of Ty Chandler. Because right now, Ty Chandler is fighting to get Wang Wu out. If Brandon Powell, Brandon Powell can become your punt and kick returner. Just the way the league is, is, is structured now with the way you can fair catch a kickoff now and just go to the 25 like college football. Uh, the way they're trying to get the kickoff out. Uh, Brandon Powell's fast, quick, shifty. So he's a guy that can get through holes like Dante Hall. Um, so, but, but Kane Wangu is strong and fast and has top end speed. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I could see, I want to see a healthy dose of Ty Chandler because I think you really want to see if he could be running back two. Uh, and then you give McBride some more. And then maybe by the third preseason game, you flip it, or maybe the second preseason, game you flip it like this game, you go all, uh, Ty Chandler and a little bit of McBride. And then you flip it the next game and go all McBride and then a little bit of Chandler and you see what you get from the two guys. So that could be the way to go. Yeah, I like that. I like giving at least you know one of them reps with the the for, in the first half with the Correct. better personnel around them. Yeah, I like yeah, that. You and don't want to give them the same workload of like, hey, you're going against three defenses because whoever goes second is going to get a lot of threes, and so they might rip it up. But then let's flip it yeah. and okay, let's put them back in early. Let's see them with the twos and let, let the other guy go through. If that guy rips it up with the twos then maybe you say, okay, this might be our guy. Because, I mean, honestly, you don't know what either one. You, it's all eye test stuff. It's all like who who do I feel gives me the best opportunity. Um, I remember being a coach. That's the hardest thing is like preseason trying to figure out me. I had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, and, and Anthony Gonzalez, so I knew those three. But after that, it was kind of like, like just watching and getting a feel because you don't really know because this guy's not going to play a ton, but he is going to have to be able to help you out on special teams. He's going to be able to help you out. So, and I think that's the other key too, which running back is better on special teams getting that. Cause we know CJ Ham's a big part of special teams. So that other running back has to be too. Um, and maybe one of them upseats Kane Cause I don't feel like Kane is a big time, like kickoff guy, punt block, punt return guy. Um, so maybe one of these running backs is that, and you know, that gets them yeah. that two spot over Kane. But I'm Ron Johnson. This is that's Sam Ekstrom. Sam, what are you looking forward to with the night practice tonight? Yeah, um, I want to see more Jordan Addison. He's really impressed me of late. Um, I want to see if he can kind of duplicate what he did last night practice when he made some great plays. And I'm just a little bothered by this injury bug that's going around, Ron. It feels like every day they put the pads on, somebody's leaving early, somebody's getting dinged up. Yesterday, Christian Derrissaw got got banged up. I think he's going to be all right. It looked like it wasn't too serious, but... Um, I want to make sure these guys are healthy for week one and that this, these injuries don't linger. So let's let's get a health check tonight and see who's on the field. Yeah, well, that's how it is. This is what training camp goes through. The, the, like, I forgot who said it. Maybe it was Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He said after the first week, nobody's healthy. He said we're all just trying to push through and make it to the last game of the season and hopefully it's a Super Bowl. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Exxon. This is Ron Johnson showing Locked On Sports Minnesota. We want to thank all of our partners uh, YouTube, Amazon Fire, Roku. 
for pushing out our content as well as everybody uh, that has a pl- podcast platform that you can find the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia app. And also remember, if you want endless talk with Vikings experts, make sure you subscribe to any of those platforms. But for sure, subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube where you can find all of our videos of our shows. You can get instant podcasts after every game. And you get the Vikings press conferences and we break down the biggest news. And then, of course, tomorrow, we're going to talk about this night practice. See what we saw. We're going to tell you what we think. And then we're going to dive into this game that's coming up on Thursday night. Again, I'm Ron Johnson at Sam Extra. I want to thank you guys and have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.